Hello, everybody. My name is Jake McGrail, and alongside me are Liz Wang and Corey Branson of CITR Sports, broadcasting from UBC's Point Grey campus, located on the unceded grounds of the Musqueam people. You're listening to Thunderbird Eye on CITR 101.9. Always keep you up to date with the latest UBC Thunderbirds news, standings, and stories. This past week, softball got back on track with a home series win against Providence. Thunderbird track and field athletes saw plenty of success at the UBC Open, and our rowing teams took three of their four races against arch rivals UVic. But before we get to any of that, we have two special guests with us today as third-year student UBC baseball ace Niall Windler and second-year student UBC baseball offensive star Jackson Valk have joined us live in studio today. Thank you both for uh, coming on the show. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Now, uh, for both of you, start us off with how did you guys get involved into baseball? What drew you to the sport to begin with? Uh, For me, my dad was a scout. Uh, He's always worked in baseball and I've honestly just been playing it as long as I can remember, so I played all, like pretty much every sport growing up, but baseball is definitely uh, number one for me growing up. Yeah, I was kind of the same thing. I played a lot of sports growing up, but I wasn't good at a lot of the others, so I just kind of <laughs> stuck with this one. It's, I guess just process of elimination yeah. to end up on baseball. Yeah. <laughs> Did you guys have any players you looked up to, professional players, as sort of role models or stars? Uh, I loved Derek Jeter growing up, definitely. I think he was kind of my hero, I'd say. Yeah, Derek Jeter. I mean, currently a Josh Donaldson, Arenado. You could name. I could name a ton of them. But yeah. yeah. Well, uh, Niall, if you're a super fan of Derek Jeter, what drew you to pitching then? Oh well, I couldn't hit, so there's <laughs> there goes that. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I played first, but never could hit. Never really liked hitting, and I liked pitching, so stuck with that. Now you guys are both from Ontario, but now you are a Yankees fan. You're wearing a yeah. Yankees baseball cap right yeah. now. So how, how did that happen? I got, uh, it's the Jeter. I just started watching when I was like five, and then I started watching the team, and they actually won one of the World Series on my birthday. So it was just, I've been a fan forever. Can't explain it. And Jackson, you stuck to the roots of Ontario. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Jays fan through and through. <laughs> Have you uh, ever questioned that? Wanted to switch over to the Yankees? Oh, absolutely. Like now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, yeah, I'm sticking with them. Trust the process. Yeah. Don't so, sleep. So, uh, what made you guys want to come out west here to UBC? Uh, the facilities are great, and the education is obviously world class. So, uh, you Pritch, Coach Pritchett, with his recruiting pitches, basically, you can play baseball at a very high level and have a high class education with million dollar facilities. So, it's kind of a no brainer. Yeah, I think same for me, just best of both worlds, really. Get a good degree and get to play baseball while you're doing it. Now, Niall, when you were a rookie, you stepped in and you logged a sizable amount of innings, pitched. You were second on the team, seventh in NAIA West. What was that transition like, stepping into university play and being able to hold your own right from the start? Oh, it was was different because obviously the jump from high school, but I had such great, with Gillies and Noble, such great leaders to kind of just set in the way for me and kind of show me how show me the ropes and it was made a whole lot easier now and Jackson last year was your rookie season unfortunately I don't have any numbers like I brought up for now because CCC for some reason has no statistics available from last season but by your estimation how did that go for you yeah last year was good for me I think um being my freshman year like I think uh it was just good to kind of get my feet in the water and play a little bit and then this year I just kind of came in swinging and it's been going pretty well so yeah, it's been going well for you, especially now. You've been uh, fantastic so far this season. You lead the conference in both opposing batting average and strikeouts. You're the only starting pitcher who hasn't allowed a home run yet. So what do you credit this overall success to? Uh, just not only the run support with 
like I feel like we're playing great baseball as a team right now, but just getting in a flow with my catcher and we're on the same page and just he's putting the signs down and it's working out so far. So, yeah, just attacking, attacking, attacking and let, just let it eat, honestly. <laughs> well, what, uh, what do you, I guess, see your specific style as? How, what's your strategy when you're attacking batters? I'm just going to try and strike everyone out. <laughs> uh, get soft contact, I guess. Throw every pitch. Doesn't Like, I'll throw a curveball, change-up, fastball. Like, keep them guessing and just be hard to... Uh, I don't want to give them a pattern, so be unpredictable, I'd say. So I, fi- I find the home run stat... Uh, pretty interesting as over your whole Thunderbirds career so far you've allowed just two home runs in almost 200 innings pitched that's in conference play in the playoffs so how do you limit home runs uh it's hard to hit home runs at T-Bird just because of the air and everything I've given up all my home runs there so I don't know but uh just stand down not not leave anything up over the zone it's kind of luck too some kind sometimes I just don't square it up properly so been able to get this far I don't know. Uh, yeah, there's no like, there's no strategy to it. Baseball is kind of hard that way, where you sometimes you make your pitch and the guy just hits it out. But it's a bit of luck, but a bit of uh, knowing where to avoid throwing to. Now, Jackson, you're having a strong season as well. You're top ten in the conference at batting average, first in home runs, second in RBIs, and like I asked Niall a couple minutes ago, what do you credit that success to? Yeah, I think. <clears throat> Kind of on the same page as now. I like baseball is just a pretty weird game. To be honest, I don't know if I can put my finger on what's been working for me this year. Um, I just know when I step in the box, like I'm feeling pretty confident, and I think, I think my mental game has really improved this year. So I think that's probably one of the reasons, but hard to say for sure. And your sister Mia, she's <coughs> on the UBC softball team. Is there some sort yeah. of sibling rivalry there that pushes you forward a bit? Yeah, I'm trying to catch up to her in stats. She's tearing it up right now. So yeah. <laughs> You guys go watch each other when you're at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I just watched her last week, and she comes out to support. But it's kind of tough because our seasons are they coincide, mm-hmm. so tough to get out and see them a lot. But yeah, it's nice having them out for sure. Yeah, you're you guys are playing a lot of road games too mm-hmm. recently. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I think it's five series in a row. You're on the on the road. You're in the middle of that stretch right now. Yeah. yeah. So how often are you? How much of the time are you actually here on campus? Uh, usually we get back. If we get back Sunday night, we'll be Monday day off and then Tuesday, Wednesday practice and then on the road again Thursday. So I'd say like, yeah, three days back. But mm-hmm. we just had our bye week last week, mm-hmm. so we were on all week. But then so usually you leave, is it be Thursday evening then? Thursday or? morning. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, you leave, so you're gone basically Thursday to Sunday all day. Yeah. 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 On the road. Okay. Well, uh, the first half of the season, it's over. You mentioned you just have the, you just had the bye weekend mm-hmm. and you guys are first place in NAIA West. You're 13 and three. You've won nine games in a row what's been the key or the keys to this great start great first half of the season I think um what's been really working well for us this year is like we've had some games where you know like Niall's been dominant or our pitchers have been dominant and we've had other games where our offense has really taken control but I think it's the it's the games when you know no one's really dialed in and we're just executing as a team and we're winning those close ball games I think that's been really huge for us this year yeah I think I think the guys are swinging it really hot right now and that's obviously helping and as a pitching staff it gives us that confidence because oh we can make a few mistakes because our boys are going to pick us up but I think as a team right now we're just firing on all cylinders and it's fun. Yeah, so the last time UBC <coughs> finished first in the regular season standings was back in 2010. Lewis Clark State joined NIIOS 2011. They've won every year mm. since then. Thunderbirds you finished second five times including both of your previous years Niall. Yeah. 
And uh, so what is your rivalry like with the, with the Warriors? Uh, they're an interesting team. Got a lot of weird rules and weird. They do weird things, but <laughs> like, can you elaborate uh, on any okay, of that? So like they always wear high socks and stirrups and black out their cleats and they used to not wear batting gloves. They, they just, it's a, yeah, they do a lot of crazy things up there, but they're a really good team. They play super hard and I, I th- they're my favorite team to play every single year because that's your best test. And I think they just, they go about playing the game the right way. It's going to be a fun series. Yeah, I think uh, it's always fun playing against them because we, uh, I think we have pretty similar styles. We both play the game hard. We both let our bats do the talking for the most part, and we got strong pitching. So, yeah, it's always been uh, it's always been a good battle between us and them throughout the series, and hopefully we can take it to them this weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, this weekend you play Lewis Clark. They're two games back in the standings right now. You're playing him in a four-game series on the road. Yeah, uh, over the last two years you were three and four on the road in Lewiston, Idaho. So, what's the general vibe around this team? heading into this weekend given that the implications are so big uh we've just had back-to-back road sweeps so i think we're feeling pretty confident about uh it doesn't matter where we play and i think this is a we're riding a high wave right now and i think we feel we can keep it going we're pretty uh we had a good week of practice good week in our squad so pretty happy where we are going into it yeah i think i think it'll be a good weekend for us uh i think uh lewis clark just came off a four-game sweep as well so I think both teams are kind of riding highs right now, so I think it'll be nice to match up against them this weekend and try and take it to them for sure. And now I assume you were going to be starting the first game mm-hmm. of the four-game series. So is there any sort of pressure specifically that comes with starting off a weekend of games? Uh, no, it's it's more just like you're setting the tone for everyone, and it can be it's important, but it's uh, it doesn't matter who starts what game. It's just matchups. And how do you guys prepare for a game? Do you have any specific routines, any superstitions that you always go through? Uh, yeah, I, I always wear the same certain things and do the same certain things, eat the same certain things. I, it's more ritual than superstition. Play a good game of flips before, you know, get a win in that, and then you feel pretty good for the game. Yeah, I I don't think I'm very superstitious. I think uh, I try and stay away from things like that just for myself personally so I don't feel like I have to do something before like mm-hmm. if I forgot then probably get in my own head so nothing really comes to mind for that for me but so now your last start against Lewis to Clark that was uh, home last month it was a memorable one you went seven innings gave up four runs recorded 15 strikeouts mm-hmm. that tied the school record set mm-hmm. by Jeff Francis so what was that game like for you oh that was pretty uh pretty good feeling <laughs> you know uh obviously against them too it's it was uh, they're obviously usually really tough. You don't really strike many of them out, so it was it was fun. I just felt like I had it, and then uh, we scored a lot of runs too. So it was just an overall great game. Yeah, and if you're having a game like that and you're inching closer to some sort of record or personal best, is it something that you guys talk about on the bench, like whether it's you or whether it's anyone else, or is it just sort of we don't, we don't want to jinx anything? <laughs> Yeah, I, ha- I had an idea in my mind of what it was, and I wasn't like, oh, I'm going to get it. It was just kind of like, this is happening, and like, it's probably going to happen. I was on a roll there. <laughs> yeah, th- I, mo- a lot of things like that in baseball are kind of weird, you know, like if we're throwing a no-hitter, like yeah. taboo to mm-hmm. say anything like mm-hmm. that. Or so I don't think anyone was going to go tell Niall that yeah. he was getting up there, but I think it seemed like he had an idea. And yeah. <laughs> Well, and the week after was the Jeff Francis retirement ceremony. Mm-hmm. His number's officially retired by the Thunderbirds. Did you have a chance to talk to him that weekend? Yeah, I did. I uh, just thanked him for everything he's done because he's such a generous supporter of our program, and he obviously was the guy and set the tone for everything here. And the first thing he did when he got signing bonus was, like, try and give back to the program and 
create a scholarship program. So he's a hero to everyone, and it's it's a huge example of, like, we can play in the big leagues after UBC. And did he give you guys any sort of advice or any words of encouragement uh, about this season specifically? He's not really. It was kind of more <laughs> he had to give a huge speech, so yeah. it was more just like, you know, you guys are playing well, keep it rolling, that kind of thing. We might see him out again for a senior weekend. <clears throat> So uh, looking at this postseason, well, last year you finished runners-up at the uh, the California Pacific Conference Championship. You guys lost in the opening round of the NAIA National Championship. So do you feel this team, the way you're playing right now, you guys are equipped to make a stronger run this time around? Yeah, I think so. I think um, it'll be interesting. Like Usually you know, there's a bunch of highs and lows um, throughout a season, and we're definitely on a high right now, but I think just even – Aside from like the nine-game win streak and all that stuff, like we've just been very consistent. We've been very level um, throughout our practice. Like everybody is just really dialed in and buying into to the way we go about things. So I think that we have we have a pretty good chance to do something special this year. Yeah, th- this team feels different. Like I've been on a lot of good teams here, but this is just it's very easy. Everything's very everyone's just quick and explosive, and we can we can put up a lot of runs in a short amount of time. So I, I really think we're gonna we're gonna do something special this year. Well, and like you mentioned, well, you mentioned earlier that some stuff talking about it a little bit taboo. Have you guys talked about like, hey, like we could really do something this year. We could win the NAIA West. We mm. could go and make some noise at the national championships. Has has that come up at any point? Oh well, when we set our goals at the beginning of the year, like we're we're we want to win the conference. Mm-hmm. We want to win the opening round, and then we want to win Lewiston. So it's more of just putting that work every single day to achieve those goals, and we're just trying to work as hard as we can. Mm-hmm. I think it's just I think right now the way we're playing I think everyone's just starting to kind of realize that themselves like we don't really talk about it too much again but mm-hmm. I think everyone's just sort of realizing like the amount of talent we have this year and mm-hmm. that we really have a, an opportunity here so you got you guys aren't seniors you still have more eligibility left at UBC after this year but have you began thinking about post Thunderbirds career have you had any sort of contact with professional outfits or thinking about what you want to do after you graduate I know for me, I, I just want to keep playing baseball as long as I can. I'm playing summer ball in Calgary this year, and I'm going to finish my career here probably. And Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I don't really think about it too much or anything like that, but I definitely want to keep playing as long as you can for sure. Yeah, I love playing baseball, so <laughs> I'll just keep playing that. It's, it's hard to take your answer, Jags. Just keep playing it as long as I can, and uh, hopefully it'll work out. Well, that about does it for all my questions. Is there anything else you guys would like to add before uh, we wrap things up? Uh, shout out to Kira Van Rijk, <laughs> honestly. Yeah. And anything from you, Jackson? Yeah, no, I think uh, just thanks for having us, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah thank thanks you for, for both be, uh, coming on the show. Uh, again, that's Niall Windler and Jackson Valk of UBC Baseball. They're taking on Lewis Clark State this weekend in a very big series, and uh, we, we wish the best of luck to both of you. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Uh, We're going to be taking a quick break for As in PSAs now. We're going to be right back after the break with softball, track and field, and rowing. UBC's Undergraduate Journal of Art, History, and Visual Culture is an annual student journal published by the Department of Art History, Visual Art, and Theory. Want to get published? We are currently holding our annual call for submissions and are looking for undergraduate academic papers in the field of art history and visual culture, reviews of films, performances, public art, and exhibitions, as well as artwork to publish in our upcoming print edition. The submission deadline is November 21st. For details, visit ubcuja.com and keep up with us at facebook.com slash UBCUJA or at UBCUJA on Twitter.
Come and feel our positive energy at Falun Dafa Fellowship. Falun Dafa, also called Falun Gong, is an ancient spiritual discipline based on the principles of truthfulness, compassion, and tolerance. It's a self-cultivation practice that improves mental and physical wellness through meditation and simple exercises. It's been well documented to improve mind and body, relieve stress and anxiety, increase energy and vitality, and promote morality and spirituality. Why not give yourself a chance to learn free of charge? To learn more, please visit our website at falandafafellowship.com. Hello and welcome back to Thunderbird Eye. Thank you again to Niall Windler and Jackson Valk of UBC Baseball for coming on the show. And now we're uh, going to switch things up and look at our other team on the diamond, that's softball. Yeah, for softball, uh, this past weekend, the UBC softball team returned to Surrey to take on the Providence Argonauts of uh, Montana. And after a back-to-back doubleheaders, the Thunderbirds closed out the weekend with three wins out of four and a much-needed series win. And on Friday, the Thunderbirds split the back-to-back series with the Argonauts as they took home the first game with a 3-2-1 victory. However, later on on Friday, the Argonauts had their revenge with a narrow 6-5 win. Yeah, that 3-1 win in Game 1, that was a classic pitcher's duel between UBC's Kaya Gyor and Providence's Brianna Clifford. They both pitched complete games. Gyorfi on the Thunderbird side, she was excellent. She allowed just four hits, tied her season high with eight strikeouts. Yeah, in this one, both teams scored a run in the second inning with the Argonauts taking the lead off a sacrifice bunt before the Thunderbirds immediately tied it up off a wild pitch. The sixth was the decisive inning as another throwing error from Providence scored two more UBC runs. Taking advantage of some errors right Yeah, Yeah. it's a theme for these week's softball games. And after that, Providence continued to rack up errors in Game 2 as UBC jumped out to an early 2.220 lead thanks to another throwing error and another wild pitch. Unfortunately, the Argonauts then rack up six runs in the second inning and the Thunderbirds were unable to mount a comeback. Yeah, on the offensive side, Taylor Jones, Mia Valk both hit two for four. Jones added two runs, Valk added two RBIs, but that, uh, that second inning from the Argonauts, a bit too much to overcome. Giving up six runs in a single inning is going to be tough to come back from. <laughs> Yeah, and moving on to Saturday, the game on Saturday saw UBC grab the series win over the Providence at all, and the Thunderbirds took home with the first win 12-4 in just five innings and then finished the weekend with a tight mark at 6-5. Yeah, UBC managed to mercy rule in Game 3 with two runs in the first, two in the second, four in the third, and four in the fourth. Claire Eccles was the star offensively, hitting three for four with three runs and an RBI. And while there were no home runs, three Thunderbirds hit triples, Eccles, Valk, and Nicole Salas. Yeah, I think three triples is equal to one or two home runs. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's definitely more rare yeah. than And all of them were runs. RBI triples as well. I believe Valk hit a three RBI triple. Huh? So bringing, it, bringing home the runs in this game, Gyorfi again pitched a complete game, her second of the weekend. She gave up four runs on six hits in just the five innings because it was a mercy rule. Overall on the weekend, she pitched 17 and a third innings, giving up 13 hits and just five runs. Great performance from the rookie. Two of her three Thunderbirds pitchers are rookies, both her and Shelby Kemple. Yeah. 
um, speaking of that, game four didn't did not really count for conference standings, but it was still an exciting finish as Logan Bailey hit a walk-off single in the bottom of the seventh to give UBC the win, and it was also the ba- Bailey's first hit in four games. Coming up clutch right there. Yeah, that's uh, that's quite a way to get your first hit in four games. I'm sure she was happy with that. Shelby Kempel, as Jake just mentioned, she pitched a complete game in this one. She gave up ten hits and five runs, though only three of those were earned runs, and that gave her her team-leading sixth win on the season. Yeah, this uh, weekend's going to be a lot tougher for UBC. They're on the road in Ashland, Oregon for a pair of doubleheaders against Southern Oregon, who are 14-1 and this season. They lead the conference. It's going to be a very tall order for the Thunderbirds. Good thing they've got a bit more momentum on their side after that wild weekend they had a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, moving on to track, the annual UBC Track and Field Open was this past weekend. Hundreds of athletes from all over the Pacific Northwest gathered at Rashpal Dillon Oval to attempt to book an early spot at the NAIA Track and Field Championships, which will be held in Gulf Coast, Alabama this May. 62 Thunderbirds competed in various events, all of them looking for the A standard time in their respective events. And uh, that A standard time, it's different for each event and is the qualifying mark you need to get in order to book a spot at the NAI Championships. We're going to list off some highlights from BBC athletes. Yeah, to start with, uh, the Thunderbirds dominated the, 15, the 1500 race. On the men's side, it was Kieran Lum easily got the A standard, finishing 11 seconds ahead of second place finished finisher Max Tomer, who is also from UBC. Yeah, and the women's side of the 1500, they swept the poem podium, rather, Gabriel... Gabrielle Joff, Madeline Huston, and Jamie Hennessy went 1-2-3 in the race, but unfortunately none of them reached the A standard time. They'll have their chances at later events. Yeah, in a bit of a longer distance, three Thunderbirds qualified for the Nationals in the women's 5,000 meter, as Michaela Tinkham, Enid Au, and Sarah MacArthur finished third, fourth, and fifth. Yeah, UBC also did very well. Hurdling events, Jessica Williams, Sienna Lalonde, Caitlin Angel swept the women's 400-meter podium. Williams and Lalonde both reached that A standard time. And on the men's side, Kenneth Schultz and Bogdan Pavel finished first and second in the men's 400-meter hurdles. And then in the non-running, in some non-running events, uh, javelin throwers Rowan Allen and JV Patrick Smith, hammer throwers Rowan Hamilton and Sebastian Yep, and high jumper Trinity Hansma all qualified in their respective events with a standard times. Finally, there were five UBC race walkers that qualified for the NAIA championships in the 5,000-meter event. Alger Lang, Nathan Downey, Audrey Fox, Joanne Liu, and my buddy Kenny Ho. Happy to see you make it. Next up for our track and field teams is the Western Washington Invitational in Bellingham this Friday. Yeah, and all the Thunderbirds who didn't make that A standard time uh, for, at this event, there'll be some more events uh, before late May and the NAI Championships. Will they'll have a chance to get their place at the Championships. Just some people got out of the way early. Yeah, obviously, Good for them. obviously nice to have that uh, stress put off you. Be able to compete without it for the next couple months. We're going to move to rowing now. So back in the boats for the first time since November and the last time this season, the UBC rowing teams had a date with the UVic Vikes over on Vancouver Island this past Sunday. Racing on the Gorge Waterway, the Thunderbirds emerged victorious over their neighbors in three of four races, including a victory in the Brown Cup for the men's top eights team. The reserve teams for both the women and men finished first as well, while the women's varsity squad was the only group to drop their race. Yes, and this wrapped up the Legends Cup series for this year. And I, I don't have the final standings in front of me, but I'm pretty sure UBC won handily because they were up by 
quite a bit <laughs> last yeah. time we uh, checked in. And the victory in the Brown Cup for the men's side is a pretty big deal for a few reasons. First, it was Coxswain uh, Kevin Chung's final university race. Nice to go out on top. Also, Thunderbirds, they broke the Vikes streak in the Brown Cup, Uvic having won the last three editions before this one. And finally, this T-Birds men's eights team went undefeated in Canadian competition this season. Quite an impressive margin, of course. Uh, Uvic still leads by quite a bit in the overall uh, standings of the Brown Cup, up 20-8. to eight. Thunderbirds, they lost 13 in a row. Uh, at the very beginning of this uh, rivalry, but they are 8-7 and seven since 2005, so yeah, a, bringing it back, it's slowly a nice, but surely. It's a nice rivalry over the past 15 years because they've been trading it so often back and forth. It's uh, always up for grabs. Yeah, the women's team, they didn't fare so well on the water coming in as the defending champs from last year. They went neck and neck with the Vikes for a lot of the race before a little bit of a clash on the back half of the contest saw the Vikes gain the momentum. They pulled ahead for a nine-second victory, which sounds like a decent amount, but given that the race takes almost 12 minutes, it's a pretty close margin to finish up. Yeah, the reserve teams got a chance to take to the gorge as well, with each UBC team winning. The women finished a solid 10 seconds ahead of their opponents, while the men breezed to a 20-second margin of victory. Yeah, and uh, before we finish our episode today, I would like to um, have some other stories that we just covered in uh, the UBC Thunderbird story. Um, Kate Johnson was named NAI Women's Golfer of the Week for her great performance at the Corbin Desert Intercollegiate. And last day, the Thunderbirds held their annual Big Blah Awards and Hall of Fame banquet yesterday afternoon, honoring our great student athletes. That includes um, women's volleyball team. The whole team was named Team of the Year. And Marcus Thormeyer of, of Men's Swimming was named Male Athlete of the Year. Kiermaier Reich of Women's Volleyball and Emily Overholt of Women's Swimming High for Female Athlete of the Year. After that, Thomas Garner of Men's Soccer was named Male Rookie of the Year. Roby Wood of Women's Rugby was named Female Rookie of the Year. Michael O'Connor of UBC Football was named Graduating Male Athlete of the Year. And Maya Burnage of Women's Swimming was named Graduating Female Athlete of the Year. Yeah, all well-deserved awards for some of our great uh, Thunderbirds athletes. Yeah, all very familiar names up there. You probably heard us talk about them quite a bit on this show. We're happy for all of them, especially for the graduates. Yeah, it's nice to go out on top. And uh, looking ahead to this weekend on uh, Friday, it's the beginning of the Western Washington te- Team Invitational for track and field softball on the road against uh, Southern Oregon. They're playing their first doubleheader starting at two on Friday. Baseball, as we mentioned, huge series against Lewis Clark State. That's also on the road in Lewiston, Idaho. They've got a doubleheader on Friday starting at three thirty. On Saturday, softball, again, doubleheader starting at 11 a.m. Baseball, they've only got one game on Saturday starting at noon. On Sunday, there's another track and field meet, uh, the Simon Fraser Emil Mondor Invitational in Surrey starting at 10.30 in the morning. And baseball plays their final game, another noon game against Lewis Clark. Then finally, Monday and Tuesday, the golf teams, after a bit of a break for them, especially for the men's team, they are back on the course at the Corbin Invitational down in Salem, Oregon. It's the women's team's second straight uh, tournament hosted by Corbin. Let's hope it can go just as well as it went last time where Kate Johnson ended up winning NAIA Women's Golfer of the Week. Or just as well as pretty much all of their tournaments this year. Yeah. 
Any, uh, any, about two-thirds of them, right? Yeah, something like that now. Just just keep it going. It <laughs> seems to be working. Just keep winning everything, and that'll be good. That's, yeah. that's the moral of the story. Women's golf, we believe in you. You can do it. And with that, thank you for tuning in to Thunderbird Eye on CITR 101.9. Besides listening to the show, the best way to keep up to date with UBC Thunderbird's news, standings, and stories is to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at CITR Sports. Next up on CITR is the Arts Report. For Thunderbird Eye, this has been Jake Lizzie. Corey with contributions from the set to return Jacob Air. Hopefully, we're going to have some more interviews coming for you. This is the last weekend of class, last week of classes, but uh, we're going to be around next week at the very least, and maybe the week after that we'll see how it goes. But uh, definitely tune in next week, even though classes will be over. Thank you for listening, and have a wonderful rest of your evening. <laughs>